It is Yud Bet Kislev, Tavshinayin Zayin, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Leon Arkis and Omer Adam, Mahapecha Shel Simcha, very popular these days. Welcome one and all, I'm Mayor Weingarten, you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for joining us, making us a part of your week. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM and the AM, 9 AM Eastern, 4 PM Israel time, and around the world, wherever you are, at whatever time it is there, and you can listen to us via podcasts, via the Nachum Siegel app where you can listen to the archives of the show whenever you want, which is so amazing. It's audio on demand. You don't have to listen to it while it's happening. You don't have to listen to it, whatever you want. You go to the uh, Nachum Siegel Network app. If you don't have it, you got to get it. And um, you'll see about uh, going to the archives and downloading this stuff. So you don't even have to use up. You can do that. You can download it while you're in Wi-Fi mode and then listen to it whenever you want. And we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show, where... Uh, we post interesting things. We post the links, the YouTube videos of every song we play during the show. So you can listen to that whenever you want. Um, and uh, you can comment on the Nachum Siegel Network app or on our Facebook page as you wish. Uh, if you haven't liked the Facebook page, please do that. Coming up, we're going to talk about Amona, the real story about Amona. We'll talk about a little bit about Israeli television and how it's making its way in, into American life, and we have new music from Aharon Razel and from Yehoram Gaon. Very, very cool stuff coming up, so stay with us. Here's a Pugi classic for the big Pugi fans out there. This is Hamagafayim Shel Baruch, coming from their last concert performance, um, double CD. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
razão, razão amar, o que penetra, pela rabada vira só Here it is from their last performance ever in the park. Magafayim Shel Baruch. Baruch's boots. <laughs> Yet another nonsensical song from the great Poogie, which so many of you enjoy. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Later on in the show, we're going to tell you uh, some of the inside story about Amona, which is a, uh, a Jewish community on a hilltop in the Shomron, it's a suburb of uh, Ofra that is going to be demolished. The people are going to be expelled from their homes that they lived in for about 20 years, 50 families, and um, their homes will be demolished. And we'll tell you the background about that and why it seems rather insane. Rather insane. As I mentioned, uh, Tanachum, before... Uh, few minutes ago on uh, Jamie and the AM, in the 70s, when we would go to Israel and we were kids, we wanted to watch, you know, some TV. What, what was there to watch in Israel in the 70s? Reruns of American shows <laughs> that they purchased from, from here, from the United States. So uh, what were the ones I remember? I remember we used to watch Ironside, Ironside with, um, with um, I can't remember his name now. Burr, something, Raymond Burr. Um, that was a big show in Israel. Of course, later on, there was Dallas and so forth. Well, as, as so much has changed in Israel, so has this. Israel's now exporting television series to America. It's, it's rather amazing. So um, many of you know that the Showtime has a huge hit called Homeland, and uh, it is based on an Israeli um, show called Hatufim, in fact, it, it says it right there in the credits, and the, the co-producer is the, is the Israeli company. Um, there is a show called Hostages, in Hebrew it's called B'nai Aruba. Many of you might be familiar with Srugim. Srugim is uh, three, it, it has three seasons, and it's about the life of single modern Orthodox Kipot Srugot, let's say, Israelis, that live in the area of uh, Old Katamon, Baca, and so forth in Yerushalayim. And it's, uh, it's a very interesting, a little controversial, but a very, very interesting series. I, I personally loved it. And you can watch it now on Amazon Prime, all three seasons with English subtitles. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can get that for free, uh, the Amazon Prime videos, and you can watch it on streaming. It's, like, amazing to me. Um, and now, Netflix just um, released, about a week ago, a, uh, the first season in the series called Fauda. 
which is an Arabic word meaning chaos. And um, this is a show that um, was broadcast in Israel for the first time in February 2015, about a year, year and a half ago or so, and uh, won a lot of prizes. What is it about? It's, it's, it's considered an action drama, but it's really based on the workings of the Shin Bet and the Mista Arvim. These are the, the brave Israeli young men. Brave is like an understatement. You can't, you, you, you can't say brave enough to describe them, who are part of a unit in which they can, they can actually go into an Arab town and people will think that they're Arabs. They speak Arabic perfectly. They know the culture. They know the dialect. They know the dress. They know everything. Every little detail, down to every little detail, so that they could go into, um, into an Arab town and literally, you know, blend in. It's, it's an amazing uh, group. It's very difficult. It, it's trauma for many of these young men and women afterwards, uh, after their service, the Mr. Arvin. Uh, I believe the unit is called the Duvdevan, is one of their names. And um, this is based on that. The, the main actor actually was in that unit. And he, uh, he together with uh, an Israeli journalist... Um, Avi Sakharov produced this um, this series. It is um, it's not for the faint of heart. I started watching it, um, you know, uh, over the weekend. I uh, just came upon it. I didn't realize it was coming out. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. It's very hard to watch. And uh, in Israel, they say there's you know there's some truth to it, <laughs> meaning there's a lot of stuff they make up, but a lot of this stuff is true to life. And it's very horrifying and hard to watch. But um, if you have the stomach for it, and if you want to really try and get an idea of what Israel is 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 showing, is putting out there to its own citizens, and um, what it means to be a country that has an a, a um, an enemy embedded within you. Um, Take a look at it. Fauda, it's on Netflix. You have to have a Netflix streaming um, um, subscription. And <laughs> lastly, I mean, there's more, but lastly on my list for today is uh, Shtisel. I don't know if you've heard. If you live in Israel, you've heard of Shtisel. Shtisel is a, a, a drama which is uh, to the Haredi world, I guess, what Shrugim is to the Kippah Suga world. Shtisel is the name of a person, uh, and it, it follows this um, Haredi family uh, and all their the dramas, so to speak, that go with it. It is so well done. I, I got to tell you, it's insane because when you're watching it, the actors look so real, and yet all of them not only are not, not Haredi, they're not Dati. They're, 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 they don't consider themselves religious. They, they consider themselves secular, and they've got it down so well. All the nuances, and it, 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 it is rather amazing. So um, it, this is a story uh, from the times of Israel. The co-creator of Friends, the 90s sitcom in America, Friends, is transposing an Israeli drama about an ultra-Orthodox family to a religious neighborhood in Brooklyn for an adaptation to be named Emmis. They spell that E-M-M-I-S, in case you want to know how to spell Emmis in English. 
Uh, Marta Kaufman got the idea from her daughter who saw snippets of, uh, of the Israeli show Shtisel. She fell in love with it, and the same thing happened with me. Um, the Israeli drama, which includes some Yiddish dialogue they write, explores life in Jerusalem's ultra-Orthodox Geula neighborhood. Um, the U.S. version, this is so-called, the U.S. version will be shown on Amazon Prime and will closely resemble its Israeli parent, but will do more to explain Orthodox ritual to non-Jewish viewers. Boy, this could be a huge calamity or a really beautiful thing. I don't know. Kaufman told Variety her show had two goals. One, to produce the drama with affection. Affection, which is good. And to, quote, make sure the stories and the universality of the stories is what people take in. The rest is just background. That's very cool. So, yeah, another export. We have high tech, Israel's diamonds, and tourism, and here's yet another export, Israeli television. Wow. <clears throat> we promised you some new music. Yoram Gaon. Melody by Ovadia Hamama, off of a new album that they are collaborating on. This one is called Achenu Kobet Israel. We're debuting it, it just released, we're debuting it here on the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thanks for tuning in and stay with us. Antunim betzarach uvashivya Haomdim bein bayam uvein bayabasha Hamakot yerachem alehem Riyotzienu mitzara lirvacha Fela Leora O Mishia Bud Ligula Hashta Bagala O Vizman Kari Oh, oh, oh. 
Yoharam Gaon sings, Ovadia Hamama wrote the melody. The words are from the tefillah. Now there's a little, um, as we get these songs, they uh, sometimes are accompanied by some explanation. And I, I want to share with you this uh, explanation that came um, with this song. I got to tell you that Ovadia Hamama is, is a person with a really, really, really uh, special heart. Um, he, he, by the way, considers himself a uh, non-observant Jew. Obviously, he has quite a neshama. Um, he's written great hits, amazing hits like Anna Bakawach. That's what brought, us, uh, brought him to our attention years and years and years ago. Before that, he was part of a very famous Israeli rock band. It's really amazing. Um, so, Achenu, it says here, that Hamama, who wasn't familiar with the words... Um, became familiar with the words when he joined the big rally that Sunday night, many of you may remember, um, for the three young men that were kidnapped and murdered, Gilad, Shar, Eyal, Yifrach, and Naftali Frankel, Zichonam Livracha. So when he was there and this uh, these words were said, it really, uh, it, it hit him and it affected him. And um, he thought right away that he's going to put music to those words. But then he adds that while the original tefillah does in fact speak of people that need to be released from prison, from kidnapping, whatever, whatever situation they're in, wherever they are, he says the idea for him also was each one of us is imprisoned in in something, self-imprisoned in something, in a concept, in our agenda, in an addiction, in bad habits. And and we are imprisoned in this, this situation that stands in the way of real freedom for us. And so he says that tefillah, he also thinks, when he thinks about this tefillah, v'yotzienu mitzara <clears throat> Vyotsiye Mitzara Levracha, 
he thinks that it's also about us. And in fact, they changed one word in the tefillah, in the song. They say, We should all be taken out of difficult situations because we're all imprisoned in, within ourselves in some way and we should find the strength to break out of, uh, of our own self-imposed uh, prison. That's from Ovadia Hamama and Yehoram Gaon. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. So uh, we'll do one more song and then we'll go to the Amona stuff, okay? Okay. We do owe you a new song from uh, Yonatan Razel. We're going to do that a little later. Um, let's go to Mitocha um, Astara. This uh, very famous, Vafilu Bastara, Mitocha Astara, this particular version is by Chaim Yisrael. Hope you enjoy it on The Israel Show. Stay tuned. Shima, 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 
חיים ישראל, ואפילו בהסתרה, או מתוך ההסתרה, beautiful music. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. And as we promised, we're going to discuss the situation known as Amona. Last week, we gave some of the historic background. We, we will continue that, God willing. We, we stopped at a point in time, but because of the timeliness of the Amona situation, we'd like to discuss with you this, that, this particular uh, case. So what's happened in Israel over um, the past decades is that there are numerous radical left-wing organizations, Jewish organizations, who are opposed to Israel staying in Yehuda and Shomron. That's not to say that they're not patriotic Jews or Zionists. They just feel that it is the best thing for the Jewish people, the best thing for Israel, to not control the lives of several million Arabs in Yehudan Shamron, and that Israel should withdraw from the territories of 1967. We can talk about this, you know, all night and all day and then all night again. Um, I'm just trying to define for you what their perspective is. These groups like uh, Yejdin and uh, on some level Shalom Akshav and, and others do everything possible to fight the massive project that has been going on for the last 35 years or so or 40 years of the Hityashvut in Yehudan Shamron, what they call the Hitnachaluyot, the quote-unquote settlements. And one of the, one of the uh, tracks that they followed was to use the court system in Israel, the Israeli court system, to fight the Jews who are living in Yehudan Shamron. And what do they do? Any, any, any Jewish um, town or, or city or, or, or community, they will go these uh, the the radical left they will go and look for any sliver of land that is somehow registered as private in whatever land registries they can find historically then they will go to find the arab if they can who is named as the owner. In many cases, the Arabs themselves don't know that there's land that belongs to them or supposedly belongs to them. And even if they don't find the owner, they go to the Israeli courts and say, Israel can't, can't have Jews living here. This is private land. They're stealing this land from the Arabs. So the Jews have to go. And they ask the high court to order, to demand from the government to expel the Jews that are living in these areas. And this situation gets worse and worse as time goes on because these organizations like Yeshtin and others, first of all, they're funded by the European Union and countries in Europe, foreign, foreign governments, who fund these, these, uh, these acts, these uh, searches and, and the, the, the court cases. It's expensive. And there's a lot of manpower involved. They fund it because the European Union and the European countries are also <laughs> against Israel, 
Israelis living in Yehuda and Shomron. So they've made common cause now, and they're funded. The Jewish organizations, Israeli organizations, are funded in many cases and to a great extent by the European Union and the European countries. So they go and file these, um, these court cases and the court rules. This is not the first time this has happened, but it is becoming more and more and more frequent. There are currently three cases pending. Amona is one. Another one is called Derech Avot. It's a small community just outside of El Azar in Gush Etzion. Many of you may know El Azar. A lot of Americans live there. El Azar is near Efrat, near Alon Shvut, near Kfar Etzion. It's in the Gush Etzion area. So there's an area there called Derech Avot, and that also has been ruled by the high court that the Jews must be expelled and and so forth. And the third is uh, several houses within the, the city of Ofra as well, like eight houses, something like that. I'm going to read to you a little bit of uh, something written by Yoav Elitzur, a resident of Ofra, who's uh, dealt with this issue. I'm reading to you from the translation of our dear friend Hillel Fendel. I'll post it uh, later on on our Facebook page. This is part of what he writes. The question that lies at the base of the entire issue seems like an ethical one. How can we allow ourselves to build homes and communities on land that belongs to individuals, whether it be Ahmed or Saeed or or anybody else who bought this land with his own hard-earned money and who uses it to support his family? How can we take lands that belong to someone else? Now, he's framed the question in the way that Almost everybody views it. Unfortunately, many in Israel view it this way. What do you want? They're sitting on stolen land. Well, well, uh, of course they have to be thrown out. Just to give you an idea, I'll play, with you a, play for you a short 30-second clip from this past um, Friday from the um, most popular Israeli uh, news program, television station, Channel 2. Amron, Am, Amnon Abramovich, well known for his views on the left, he says, I don't know why they're making such a big deal out of this. So there's uh, 40 families. How much time is the government spending on this? There, you know how many families are being thrown out of their homes because they can't pay their mortgage? And they deserve it. They're sitting on stolen land. That's exactly the way it's being framed. First of all, it's a ridiculous comparison. How many people are being thrown out of their homes because they can't pay their mortgage. I mean, so these people, they didn't do anything wrong. They're not in arrears of their debt. They're not not paying their mortgage. They're living quietly, nicely. And the land, as we'll see in a moment, it's not as if, oh, they're sitting on stolen land. So here's just this 30-second clip because I want you to see how, how they frame this in the Israeli public opinion. כל שנה מפונות מבתיהן בגלל שאין להם כסף לשלם משכנתה? כל שנה בין אלף לאלף מאתיים משפחות מפונות מבתיהן? בתים שהם קנו בזיעת אפיים במיטב כספם? אין על זה ישיבת ממשלה, קבינט, ועדת שרים ויהודי רבנים. מה יש לנו פה? פה הקימו יישוב אקולוגי, התנחלות אקולוגית, אדם טבע ונוף, אבל על אדמות גנובות. זה מה שיש לנו פה. Yes, they said they set up a beautiful settlement, but it's on lands that are stolen. Stolen land. Adamot knuvot. 
I, I have a feeling that Amnon Abramovich knows better than that, but it's very convenient for him to, uh, to explain it that way. Okay, so uh, I'm going to continue from Yoav Elitzur. To, uh, to understand this, he writes, we must answer a simple question. How could it be that fully 90% of the homes that the Supreme Court ruled must be destroyed have no claimants? Never did that Ahmed or that Said come and say, this is my land. No one knows who he is, if he exists. Why doesn't he come and claim it? After all, all the work's already been done for him. There's been a court case. He won the court case. Nobody comes and says, this is my land. And trust me, they're looking for them. And the answer is, in part, and this is answered by um, Yehuda Yifrach in a great article in Makori Shon, and it's referenced by Carolyn Glick in her article in the Jerusalem Post, and we'll post the Jerusalem Post article on our Facebook page, because she makes mo- she quotes uh, Yehuda Yifrach and makes most of the arguments that are, that are relevant, and it's in English. She writes that the High Court, when they for whatever legal reasons in Israel, when they came and said to the high court, you know, this is land that's owned by somebody else, the high court doesn't go and check out if that's true. It's the job of the government who's being sued by Yeshtin, by these organizations. It's their job to come with an answer and say, oh, that's not true. These aren't someone else's land, or some other argument in which they would counter the claim of ownership. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen. So, after the court ruled, Yesh Din decided to take, the, take this to a civil court. Now, the civil court for damages. Now, the civil court actually does try and understand what's going on and, and so forth. And she writes from Yehuda Yifrach that the, the district court, the civil court, acted to find out how much land are we talking about? It was determined that a mere half acre of Amona. Now, Amona is a hundred and 50 acres. It's a yeshuv of 150 acres. And a half an acre is built on privately owned land. But wait, it's not like one half acre in one place. It's a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there. It's non-contiguous areas that are indiscernible. Can't even know exactly where it is. Smidgen of of, of a plot here and a smidgen of a plot there. So the whole claim that everyone is making here that this Yishuv is sitting on stolen land and everybody thinks stolen land. They took this whole area that was being farmed by Arabs and they, and they stole it and they put up a Yishuv. It's ridiculous. It was empty. It was a barren hilltop. And quite frankly, if you take a look at pictures of that barren hilltop, You can't plant anything there. It's a rocky, barren hilltop. And if if a little tiny fraction of an acre is officially 
in the Jordanian books listed as belonging to X or Y, he can't do anything with it. What can you do? Let, let's say it's, uh, I don't know, uh, 10, 10 square feet or something like that. His plot. Can, he, can he grow something there? Can he do anything there? So now the question is, so why are they... Well, <laughs> so the Attorney General's office in Israel decided that all the plots that included privately owned land had to be destroyed. Meaning, if there is a tiny little area of uh, 10 square feet, let's say, so the plot, the official, that's officially part of a plot, like like uh, land is, uh, real estate is divided up. So it's it, the whole plot has to be taken away from the Jewish people that are living there. And what will happen to it, we don't know, but it, it, it's, it's part, it's the private territory. It's, it's, it's home to the private little slippet of land of an Arab. So through that craziness, as uh, Carolyn writes, the Attorney General's lawyer magically transformed a total, a cumulative half an acre into 15 acres of consecutive um, land that covered the entire southern part of Amona. So then the government decided it would it would raise, it would destroy only the homes on the southern part. Only in those 15, they'll move it to, uh, to, the, to, to, the, to the next part. No, but the Supreme Court still, even with all that, said no, all 60 acres have to be, ha- have to be destroyed. Don't, I don't know why. I'm sure there's some legalistic ruling. Now, it's been two years since this latest um, order of the Supreme Court. And what's happened... The government keeps postponing, postponing. They made a committee. You know, it's always the same thing. A committee to see the committee to, to, to think about how we can have a committee. And the idea was, the idea was brought up to pass a law in the Knesset. In English, it's called the Arrangements Law. In Hebrew, Chok HaHazdara. The idea being something like eminent domain. In the States, we have a law called eminent domain so that the government, for the public good, can take land that belongs to an individual, pay them money for that land, but can force them to give up the land and take the money for the public good. So the idea here was to say that Israel, even though it is not officially the sovereign in Yehudan Shamron, can do the same thing in Yehudan Shamron, in which case, in this situation, being that when it was established 20 years ago, nobody knew that there were any little pieces of privately owned Arab land, the government would go to whoever it is that claims that they own this 10 feet or that, you know, five square feet or whatever, and pay them whatever the, the going rate is for land in that area and appropriate it, eminent domain, so to speak, but only, and that's in here in this case, it, it's even more to the benefit of the, of the landowner it can only be done in a situation where the original hityashvut, where the original settlement was done in good faith. That means they, they really went there innocently, not knowing that this was, and they checked and everything and didn't find any private uh, um, property there. And that, that's the case in Amona and these other cases. Now, 
Why is this so critical? It's so critical because there are already three such situations where they want to go and uproot homes, people's houses, communities. In Afrather, I believe, eight homes. The area in El- near El Azar, uh, what was it, Derech Havot, there's a tiny little piece there that, again, somebody found in some le- uh, deed somewhere that it belongs to an Arab. After a lot of searching, we don't know where the Arab is. But again, the court goes and says, you got to clear off everything. Now, why is the court doing this? So some will say that the Israeli court is very concerned about Israel being taken to the world court in The Hague. And um, I think everyone in Israel is concerned about that. Because although we don't know exactly what the consequences are, it's a very bad thing for a country to be condemned and to be then probably the world court in in the the international court of justice, it's called, I think, in The Hague will then demand that Israel do this or that or the other thing and then we'll have to say no and it'll, it'll become a big international mess and we'll end up helping, supporting the the BDS movement, the boycott, divest, and, and sanction movement, and so forth. And and maybe that's why the high court, they're going Beit Shammai, L'chumra, 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 rather than, you don't even have to be Beit Hillel here, you just have to sort of be in the middle. But ultimately, it's important for us to know that these are not entire neighborhoods and tracts of land that were stolen from an Arab, as the Israeli uh, uh, um, commentator Amnon Abramovich says so glibly. This, this is desperation on the part of the radical left in Israel that are looking, searching for some little tiny sliver of land that is part of a huge community and using that as a bulwark, using that as, a, as pressure to, to get the Israeli court to destroy entire settlements. Where are we up to now? Well, that law, that Chok Hazdara, the arrangement law, again, it was, it, there was a lot of controversy about it. There was a compromise reached the law hopefully will pass, will be passed in the Knesset by the votes of the coalition, but, but, and this was a compromise, all the areas ordered already by the court for expulsion are not included, which means the Israeli government will hopefully be able to fend off future such cases. But Amona, the homes in Ofra, and uh, the suburb or the neighborhood of El Azar, known as uh, Der Chavot, at least for now, are not being spared. And uh, we shall see what's going to happen. There will be tremendous amount of uh, protests and, and very difficult scenes for, for all of us to see as yet again, after Gush Katif, Jews are being uh, thrown out of their homes and their homes being destroyed, uh, Jews being expelled by other Jews. We're going to go to the new song, of um, the new song of Yonatan Razel, just released. It's called 
עכשיו אני עף, now I'm, I'm flying, like I'm in the sky. And um, what we'll do because of time is I won't read to you the um, information that, that Yonatan Razel wrote about the song, the Gemara that inspired him to write it, and so forth. It's very nice. We'll do it in another week. We'll, next week or the week after that, whenever it is, and we have a chance, we'll play it again, and we'll explain it to you. In the meantime, we'll just tell you that the concept of the song is that up in, up in the sky, when, where he's flying, so to speak, then... Um, He, he, he doesn't hear all the noise, he doesn't hear all the, all, all the distractions, it's just, he hears the kol nishmat ha'adam, the voice of the, of the person's soul. So here it is, brand new, debuted, debuting here on the Israel Show, Achshav Aniyaf, Yonatan Razel, my name is Mayor Weingarten, you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank <laughs>
Wow, you hear that part at the end with the with the music just getting louder and louder and understanding where it's coming from. We're going to close out with uh, the number one song based uh, on Galei Tzal of uh, last, uh, the last Jewish year, 5776, uh, by Hanan Ben-Ari. Very popular uh, song in Israel, obviously, and a very popular um, musician. But first, we're going to say thank you. Thank you to our sponsors, Nefesh Benefesh. A lot going on on the Nachum Siegel Network with Nefesh Benefesh this week, so stay tuned to the network and uh, using the app or the website, nachumsiegel.com, to uh, hear all of that. Um, and visit their website, www.nbn.org.il, www.nbn.org.il. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Please keep them coming. If you know somebody who might be interested in a show like this or the music we play, please point them to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network and my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, a music mix followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein in one hour and then continuing the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next time we meet, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.
על שני בנים מובהק. תודה. תודה על כל היופי. תודה. על הזכות לראות את מסי. תודה. על התיקון, על המהות. תודה. תודה על הילדות. אין לנו זכות בכלל להתלונן. הכל פתוחם סבבה, ברוך השם, כי החיים שלנו תותים. 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 